What if I told you that in 2024, you were going to travel more? I bet you would be excited because who doesn't have travel more on their 2024 vision board? But my loves, it's time to craft a bit of an action plan and take your first steps. And this is where I come in. I'm hosting a trip to Bali, May 23rd to May 29th, 2024 for the Manifest Daily community. I'm so excited about this one. We have a jam-packed itinerary. We have a Balinese cooking class, a sacred monkey forest, visit a coffee brewing workshop, literally the works because that's just a taste of the itinerary. And this trip is a celebration of new beginnings and also a couple of birthdays. So if you're curious about Bali and you want to meet me there alongside a couple other wonderful, amazing, beautiful souls, head to my website for more information, themanifestly.com slash events. Visit the link in the show notes. And yeah, let's let's hang out in Bali. Hello, beautiful souls. Welcome back to the podcast. My name is DeAndre Nicolette. If you're new here, my love, welcome. I'm super excited to have you tuned in for your first ever episode of Manifest Daily. And of course, to my OG listeners, you already know the vibes. Okay, hey girl, hey, hey boy, hey, what's poppin', what's good? Welcome back to another episode of your fave. So my loves, today we're doing another Q&A episode. And of course, if you're listening to this on Tuesday, this episode is going up a lot later than usual. So I apologize because I did ask on Instagram what y'all want to hear this week. And we talked about having the decentering men and decentering romantic relationships episode, but I am still working on the outline and I didn't really want to put together a half-assed episode for that just to get it up quickly. So instead, we're going to do the Q&A episode and I love these. I forgot how much I really love these. They feel like I'm just sitting down and chatting with y'all. We're spilling tea and sipping tea, period. <laughs> and it's just a good time. So let me set the scene for y'all before we dive into the question. So like I said, it's Tuesday. It's Tuesday, November 21st, which you know what? It is what it is because where is the time going? Who knows? We don't know. She's gone. She's she's left. She's packed her bag. She's on a plane. And she is gone. Okay. But time is literally flying. And I feel like I say this all the time, but it's just so wild to me because it's yet another holiday season. And I'm coming upon my third year in Dallas, which I... Like, I don't know when I first moved here. I mean, it, it was so spontaneous and random, but I never really thought about what future years would look like here. And it's so wild. I actually had a conversation yesterday and someone asked me what was or what is something that I'm so proud of myself for doing in the past couple of years. And I had to mention this move because I feel like I've just grown so much and my mindset has shifted so much. I've had so many amazing experiences in the city. So crazy that it's going to be three years. Anyways, my mom comes today. She's visiting for Thanksgiving. I'm so excited. She hasn't been here since last year, actually. So it's been literally over a year. My dad was supposed to come too. He's not going to be able to make it, which is sad, but I'm going to see him in like a couple of weeks. But she is coming. I'm so excited. We're going out to dinner today. We're going to go to this area in Dallas. Well, technically it's in Plano. Listen, I ain't from here. So I'm going to say it's Dallas. It's whatever. Okay. But it's uh, called Legacy West. And it's like a shopping area that has, they have like different restaurants and just, it's such a cute area. I know they're going to have a bunch of like lights and Christmas trees. And I just, love this time of year for the decor for the vibes people are so nice people are just like cherry and happy and uh, the like the fashion the fall fashion the winter fashion so I'm so here for it but she's coming today so I have spent my morning trying to get things done for my nine to five trying to clean the house trying to just put things away and of course record this episode so y'all have something to hear and listen to today because next Tuesday's episode might be a little bit late too because she leaves on Monday and while she's here we're not going to be recording we're just going to be vibing enjoying the time with mumsy wrapping gifts doing doing some holiday shopping. I need to get my nails done. I broke a nail. You guys, I literally broke this nail before going to a Friendsgiving event. I was so annoyed because I know I need to get them done, but I'm trying to hold off so I can get them done like right before I leave for Boston. That way I don't have to get them done while I'm in Boston. I had to go to Friendsgiving. And then of course I went on a date yesterday having to rock a bandaid and we went to such a nice restaurant and I'm sat there as this man is like pouring my wine. It was just like my bandaid just there. I was, I felt so humbled by it. I was like, okay, you know, she cute, she a baddie, but her nail broke. <laughs> so 
But you know, we still a baddie though. We still a baddie just with a broken nose. So I need to get my nails up. Grab yourself something to drink. I, for one, y'all know I'm on my hydration shit right now. So I need to go get some water for real. Cause yeah, I just had coffee this morning. I'm also on my protein game. I've really been on it. I had a protein shake this morning and y'all know I don't like no eggs, but I bought three eggs or three eggs and them eggs cracked in the pan while it was boiling. So it was all the egg juice or whatever coming out in the water as the water was boiling away. I was so grossed out by it, but you know what I did? I ate them eggs. Yes, ma'am. I sure did because guess what? Protein, lifting, booty. Yes, pending. <laughs> all of the things let's go ahead grab your juice your tequila you know what let's go with tequila today you know i need to i need to get me some some gin or some tequila because i want to make some holiday cocktails like i've been seeing the ones on instagram with the little edible glitter and stuff like that i want to try some of those so grab you a little you know tequila mix it up with some edible glitter make yourself a little cocktail a mocktail if you will and let's go ahead and dive into the q a for november it is November, obviously. Why was I going to say December? Baby, it's November 21st. Don't, don't get ahead of yourself here. Yeah, let's go ahead and dive in. So the first question says, I love my boyfriend so much, but sometimes I get scared. I'm spending too much of my time on him. Is that normal? You're the only person that's going to be able to answer this question. If you feel like you are sacrificing your time with your family, time with your friends, and even time with yourself, then I feel like that might be a sign that you need to really create more balance when it comes to your relationships. This was going to be part of the entire decentering men and decentering romantic relationships conversation conversation which is still going to come but I just want to say this I think that as a society we prioritize romantic relationships and we put it on such a pedestal and yes it's beautiful I love love I love being in love I love being in a relationship I love having my mans like all of that stuff I think is so beautiful and I think when you are someone who wants to have maybe your own family one day there's even more of that emphasis placed on partnership but I also think that sometimes our prioritization of romantic relationships comes at the expense of understanding how fulfilling our friendships and our family relationships and even the relationship with ourself can be. So it is really important to obviously spend time with your partner, create those memories, just cultivate that relationship and pour a lot into it. But it's also really important that you pour a lot into yourself, that you don't neglect your friends, that you don't neglect your family. I've been on the other end of having friends who when they get in relationships, they completely forget that they have friends and all of a sudden you never hear from them you never speak to them again but then when they're single they pop back up and it just sucks to be on the other end of that so you don't want to be the person that is actually doing that to your friends or even your family or even yourself so if you truly feel like yes you're spending a lot of time with your partner but you also feel like you have a good balance and you're like, you know what? I have my alone time. I have my girls nights or, you know, I have my nights with my friends. I have the times when I go visit my family or see my family if they live close by and you feel like there is truly that balance there. You're good. Like even if you're spending a lot of time with your partner, you're good. But if you are truly feeling like, wow, I'm spending all of this time with this person and I never see anyone else. My friends miss me or even like, if you don't have other friends, I think that can also be a really uh, big telling sign to you if you feel like the only friend that you have is your partner. I know there are people online that like love that. They're like, my man is my best friend and my only friend. I'm like, girl, you need to really uh, expand the circle a little bit, okay? Because yes, you could really be in that partnership for the rest of your life. But like, what happens if that man leaves you or you leave that man? Then who do you have around you? Like if you feel like you don't have those family and friendships or you don't have that relationship with yourself, you don't want to be in the position of like feeling like the only person that you have to rely on is that person. So you're the only one that knows the answers to this question, but those are a couple of ways to discern whether or not you need to create more balance or if you already have that balance that you need in relationships. So the next question comes from Leslie. So Leslie says, I go by Lee first. Oh my God, I love your podcast. Thank you so much for listening and thank you for leaving a question. Leslie, well, Lee says, you are so honest and encouraging and I look forward to Tuesdays for your podcast. My question, what is your view on best friends of opposite sex? I broke up with my boyfriend of two years because we just couldn't align on this. I can understand friendship with the opposite sex, but best friends, I feel like it's disrespectful from both my ex and his friends 
friend to regard me so little. Why do you need another girl to talk to you so often? He told me there was nothing, but to me, she was just another girl he's always talking to and I just couldn't believe him. Did I overreact or was this an emotional affair that he may not have realized? I have to say this is one of those like controversial questions or topics that always come up. And it's interesting because this literally came up at the Friendsgiving event that I went to over the weekend. But we were talking about this and they literally were like, do you think that men and women heterosexual men and women specifically can be friends if you would have asked me this a couple of years ago I would have said no because every quote-unquote guy friend that I have had in the past always ended up liking me or wanting more and I feel like the friendship was always kind of like a front for them to get their way into my life so it was like let's be friends and then all of a sudden they're like flirting with me and then trying to get sexual and it would just become weird because I'm like okay I really did want to have you around as a friend because I like your vibe I like your energy I like spending time with you but I don't want a relationship with you or I don't want anything with you and a relationship doesn't need to be like boyfriend and girlfriend I just don't even want to have sex with you like I don't want anything of that nature a few years ago I would have definitely been like oh I don't know. And I remember too, in the past, having trouble with my partners who had friends of the opposite sex. I don't think I ever shared this story on the show before, but one of my first serious boyfriends, actually my first serious boyfriend, I would say, he actually had a friend who was his best friend when we were in college. And years later, after we broke up and we ended up having this, you know, conversation, we like met at a coffee shop and I thought he was looking for closure. He was not looking for closure. He ended up telling me that he did cheat on me and he not only cheated on me, but he cheated on me with that specific friend. And it's crazy because looking back at that time, I was like, they're so close. Like they they have that close friendship. But I remember wanting to like feel secure and being like, you know what? I have to trust him. That's my partner. If he says they're just friends, then they're just friends. And really being like, no, I'm probably overthinking it. Like it's just me, right? I think once I had that experience, I struggled for a bit whenever I had relationships with men or I was trying to get into relationships with men who had friends of the opposite sex because I was so scarred by that experience that I was like, no, they can't have female friends. They're going to end up cheating on me with this female friend and I don't want that. So I actively avoided that for such a long time. And I also kind of felt like if I had male friends, I had to have these really strict boundaries with them. And then at one point I was like, okay, well, I can't even have the male friends because every time I try to have the male friends, they're pushing the boundaries. But I will say having the experience that I have now with JC, I've seen that it is possible to have that male friend that doesn't push those boundaries. And I do think friends of opposite sex are possible where I perhaps in the past question it a bit more. I do think this, however, this type of relationship, especially when it comes to like heterosexual relationships between men and women and friendship and, you know, adding in the complexities of either one of those individuals or both of those individuals also being in relationships, you need to have boundaries that are set. You need to have a very specific understanding about what your friendship is and what it looks like. And you need to have a very specific, um, underlying understanding of respect on both ends because even if there's some attraction you guys can still be friends I think but it's just about those boundaries and it's about respecting each other respecting those boundaries and also respecting each other's partners if you are in relationships but I will also say I've had an experience here where someone wanted to be friends with me and I was like yes we can be friends and soon after that there was kind of a testing of the boundary of the friendship where the person wanted to get physical and I had to be like no we're literally just friends like I I just want to be friends with you I really enjoy spending time with you and hanging out with you but I don't want anything physical or anything more and now because of that my guard is kind of up with that person and it's not the same because if I set a boundary and they tested that now I'm kind of like are they going to try to test it again in the future can I really trust this person to understand there's only friendship here so I do feel like it is possible and perhaps your boyfriend at the time really was friends with that person and it was just friendship I also do think you need to trust your intuition. So I would like to follow up with the questions for you. Was this a gut feeling? Was this intuition? Were you getting like 
weird vibes from him or her or them together? Or were you just simply not trusting your partner? And that for you, again, that is only a question that you can answer because when I look back at my previous experience where something was going on behind my back, I had little moments where something didn't sit right. Like I remember finding a letter in his dorm room from this person and it was just like, it's like, why, even if you're friends, like who writes the, like who's writing letters <laughs> to like their friends like this like it was just really weird and it didn't sit right with me but again I pushed away that feeling because I wanted to be secure and I didn't want to be jealous and I wanted to be cool and I wanted to allow him freedom to have his friendships but I also feel like there's that right there's the intuition there's the hmm something here isn't right but then there's also there's a friendship maybe you already have this bias against opposite sex friendships and maybe you're kind of like jealous. Maybe you're like, I don't like that he's always talking to this person. I don't like that there's this, you know, intimate way that they know each other that I don't know him and he doesn't know me in that way. Because if you guys were dating for two years, but they were, you know, best friends for like 10 years, there's a lot of memories there. There's a lot of just, again, intimate understanding of one another. And that could feel incredibly threatening. So it really is about you asking yourself some of those other questions. Do you think you overreacted? Do you think that maybe there was a bit of jealousy there or there was the not trusting the partner or perhaps the fear? If you're putting so much trust into this person and you're really like caring about this person and they break your heart, there's, I mean, there's so much fear involved in that, right? Like so much vulnerability. And when there's vulnerability, there's the potential to feel the fear for someone hurting you. Or was it intuition? Are you feeling that there's something off? Are you, you're not sure there's something there. You can't quite articulate it, but you're like, something's not sitting right. So I think you need to sit with that because I can't tell you whether or not you overreacted. I only have just a couple of sentences of what's going on here. And I can only share my experience, but I have, again, I have experiences on both ends. One where something malicious was happening behind my back and one where I have a guy friend who we have very specific boundaries and we respect each other in our relationships and as individuals. And that's a line that won't ever be crossed. So really up to you to kind of discern whether or not there's something that's an intuitive feeling or perhaps it just comes down to you not trusting that person. About a year ago, I wanted to elevate my health and wellness journey. I was so tired of taking all these different supplements every single day. So instead of adding more, I decided I wanted to simplify and try AG1. It's one of the best decisions I made in 2023. I now feel more energized and mentally clear daily. My skin has even more of a healthy and brighter glow and my digestion has improved. Like I said, I first gave AG1 a try because I wanted to simplify my supplements. I wanted a single solution to support my entire body, my gut, and my brain health. Since drinking AG1 daily, I've noticed that I feel a boost in energy, not just in the morning when I take it, but throughout my entire day. I used to rely on caffeinated pre-workouts, if you know, you know, but when I cut those out, I struggled with grogginess. Adding an AG1 in the morning covers my bases with 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, and ingredients like pre and probiotics, adaptogens, antioxidants, and whole food source nutrients. My favorite part of AG1? It's just one scoop. One scoop mixed in water once a day, every day. I love to add in the squeeze of half a lemon, a few drops of AG1's vitamin D3K2, and three ice cubes, approximately three ice cubes every single morning into my glass as well. This is a partnership made in heaven because AG1 is the supplement that I trust and have trusted since 2023 to provide the support that my body needs daily. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash manifest daily. That's drinkag1.com slash manifest daily. Check it out. So this next question is a bit similar. This person says, you had your good guy friend come on as a guest of your podcast recently. How do you guys do it? Have your previous partners been understanding with you two's friendship or is your friendship not like that? 
What does your friendship look like and have his partners been understanding? So as I mentioned with the last question, JC and I are very respectful when it comes to our friendship. We've definitely communicated boundaries. I could literally count on one hand the amount of times that we've spent in each other's homes alone, like just each other. And we were both single at the time. So that's never happened when we've both been in relationships or been seeing someone seriously. And typically we'll meet at coffee shops to catch up and chat if we're meeting in person. And then if not, we just send voice notes to each other and we just text like throughout the week and days. And it's usually just like life catch-ups. I'm talking about career stuff with him, like asking him for career advice. He's asking me for career advice. We're talking about TV shows. It's just like very, it's like literally a friendship. Like it's the same stuff that I am sharing with my other friends. So if I'm sending voice notes to B or sending voice notes to Erica or whoever, it's the same stuff that I'm talking about with my other friends that I'm chatting about with him. So it's very much chill and like that. But again, there's that extra layer of you know maybe if B for example lived here in Dallas like she might be coming over to my place by herself without her partner but for us we don't really do that we don't I'm not going over to his place or he's not coming over to my place like watch a movie or something like that I will say his partners and the guys that I've previously dated this year have just not really thought anything of our friendship it's just like a regular friendship he has other female friends I don't technically have any other guy friends but that's not because I'm opposed to it. That's just because it hasn't worked out like that. Like you guys know, I've really been working to build my community here. And it just turns out that a lot of the things that I'm doing, I've just happened to meet more women than I have met men. And uh, the men that I have met typically in, you know, situations of going on dates with them. JC actually met the guy that I was seeing early in the year. When I went to that Super Bowl party, I don't know if y'all remember that. I invited him to that and that's where they met. Cause I was like, okay, I'm seeing this guy. I like really like him. I feel like this is going somewhere. And I trusted JC to suss him out. And I was like, come with me to this party, see what the vibes are, meet this guy, see how we are together, see how I am around him, see how he is around me. So I trusted him there. They got along well. Like it was such a fun party. Granted, that relationship didn't work out, but I really I love that party. That was like so much fun. Um, I definitely got a little tipsy at that party, girl. The tequila, it was flowing. One thing about that tequila and Rihanna, that performance, yes, 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 yes. So Anywho, um, I will also say too that the guys that I've seen recently, like guys that I've been dating here, they've also all had female friendships. So it's not like I'm all of a sudden this like really weird outlier to them. And they're like, why do you have a friend that's a guy? They have female friends. And going back to the example in the story that I shared earlier about how I had a partner who cheated on me with his close friend, his best female friend, I try not to allow that to like make me think anything of the men that I'm dating who have female friends because the last thing that you want to do is use an example an event that happened an experience that you had someone that did something and make it feel like or make yourself feel like every other person is going to do that to you. Now, this is not about being naive because let me tell you something right now. I am, you know, I, I was a naive young buck at one point. Okay, definitely was. And I would say I can be a little naive sometimes now too, okay? But it's not about being naive, but it's about allowing yourself not to be jaded by those past experiences. So now, you know, I've had dates with guys or I've been seeing guys for multiple dates whatever um, even my previous partner that I had this year and the person that I just mentioned who met JC they all had female friends as well like it wasn't anything weird I literally remember one of the guys like he was friends with his ex and at first I was a little like mm. but then the more that I hung out with them I realized like they definitely weren't a match and they dated like in high school for like two seconds so who was I to be like oh my god they're gonna get back together and like behind my back or I just was like nah she cool like she was really cool and really fun so I think it is about trust like the biggest thing is trust when it comes to your partnership and if you can't trust your partner to be friends with people of the opposite sex then maybe you don't trust them <laughs> I don't know maybe you don't trust them but I also feel like too it depends on you know your relationship your relationship with your friends so like if you're in a partnership where you and your partner like we don't want to have you know each other be friends with people of the opposite sex then that's a boundary y'all set within your relationship if y'all are okay with it then you have to trust them when it comes to those friendships and if they break your trust they break your trust like you have to then decide are you going to give them another chance to you know for you to trust them 
done? Or are you like, this is it. I don't want to be in this relationship anymore. Like these are the decisions that we're always having to make when in relationship with others, because we're all so complex and have different boundaries and different understandings of relationships and different paths and things like that. But for me, the biggest thing is trust. And I feel like I typically allow that trust to build. But when it comes to friendships, I if you're friends with female, like if I am dating someone who has female friends, as long as you're respectful around those friends, um, as long as you're not like sharing all of our business with those, like, do you know what I mean? Like you just have to have certain boundaries and like, please read the fucking room. Like just have the boundaries, read the room and we're going to be good. And if I feel like something is off, I know now like to trust that intuition. Like when I tell you trust your intuition, if you feel like something's off, I mean, you can communicate that, but that's the biggest thing is trust with yourself and trust with that person so yeah I hope that answered that question I it's doable I think it's doable but it does require respect and trust so the next question says how does someone know if they're meant to be in leadership in corporate America what were some of the challenges you faced moving from an individual contributor to leadership and what makes you stay in leadership the biggest thing is like being able to handle the responsibility and pressure I always feel like if my team fails, then it's on me. If I hire badly or if I don't train someone correctly or if someone doesn't understand the assignment, it's on me because a lot of it is how I'm communicating with the team, how I am showing up for them, how much of a safe space I'm creating for them to feel like they can share their grievances or share suggestions of how we can change things. It's a lot of responsibility and also that pressure because when things aren't working or when something is going left, instead of, you know, my boss being like, oh, this particular person on your team did this, they don't know every single person on my team and exactly all of the day-to-day responsibilities like I do. So they're coming to me and they're like, why is this happening? What is this? Like, tell explain this to me. And so I am the, the, you know, the, what is the word I'm looking for? The, um, oh my God, I'm struggling so bad, but I'm like the main person, right? I am the person that everyone is looking to when it comes to my particular team. And I'm the one responsible for like what is going on with our goals and with our day to day, et cetera. So if you know you can handle responsibility, if you know you can handle pressure, if you know that you're a good leader in general, then I feel like you're, you could pursue the route of leadership in corporate America. It's also going to depend a lot too on the company, on the role, the position, what does your leadership look like? What does it look like for you to lead with that particular team that you're going to lead? If you're the type of person, whenever you were in group projects in school, you would kind of be like, okay, guys, here's what we're going to do. Or you start kind of gathering all of the people and start kind of creating the plan and the path, then perhaps you're meant to be in leadership. Because I feel like I was always that person in group projects. I was always like, okay, here's a group of people. We're all talking over each other. Okay, guys, listen, listen. Okay, let's figure out this first, this, this, and this. Let's go do this. And you're kind of like a big picture person. That could also be a really good sign. But I feel like it's going to depend, like I said, on the area, like the specific industry that you want to work in. It's going to depend on the company because every Every single company is different. So corporate America is such a broad term. There are places that I've worked at that were technically corporate America, but they were so chill, so fun. I loved being in the office. I love the people that I work with. Everything was very much like, yeah, we were getting our work done, but it wasn't like, oh my God, I hate being here. It's so cold and so dry and so bland. And I've also worked at places that were very much like corporate America, where it was like a cubicle. Like you're in your little cubicle. You're not seeing anyone else. We're working on really fun campaigns, but it was very much like by the book and strict and just cold. And I hated that. So you also have to discern like, it's not just about, you know, leadership in corporate America. It's about where you work. And I feel like where you work and how much responsibility is given to you, how much leeway you're given, who uh, you are reporting to your particular leader, even as a leader, a lot of that is going to really shape whether or not you want to lead. Because I found that when I was in the very corporate and cold settings, even though I was technically in a leadership position at those places as well, I found that I didn't want to step up to the plate. I actually felt really discouraged to do it 
because I hated the environment and I really wasn't positioning myself as a leader there versus at the places that I really enjoyed. I found that I was more likely to step up to the plate. I also want to say that when it comes to leadership, there's also the challenge of imposter syndrome. This is definitely something that I face because when you're going from just doing your day-to-day to now managing the day-to-day of a team, having people report to you, having to be responsible for that team, there's a lot of that imposter syndrome that can come up. I often felt like, damn, how did I even get into this position? Like, I felt like I wasn't meant to be there. I felt like it happened too quickly. Like, I needed more experience. I felt like I wasn't smart enough. I wasn't strategic enough. I didn't understand enough. And at the end of the day, imposter syndrome is always going to hit you at every single level. You could read every single book. You could listen to every single podcast. You could go through every single scenario in your head. But there's always going to be something that you face any single given day that you've never encountered before. But you have to trust that you are in the place that you're meant to be in. You have to trust that you got there for a reason, whether they hired you because they saw your potential or they hired you because they love your resume. It does not matter. You're there and now it is up to you to prove that you're meant to be there. It's up to you to show up every single day and do the damn thing. And I definitely still struggle with that. Any given day, there are times where I'm leading a meeting and I'm kind of like, why like, I do, am I even saying anything that's of value or of worth? And you just have to kind of just literally own it, right? It's not a fake it till you make it, but it's like, a re- you got to lean in and be like, I do know my shit. I do know my shit because no one is going to, I mean, some people do at my work validate me. I remember like I was leading a meeting the other day and after we got off the call, someone messaged me and was like, oh my God, like you killed it leading that. And the whole time I was in my head thinking, what the hell? I don't know what I'm talking about. But literally I knew what I was talking about. So you really do have to trust yourself and like be like, nah, that imposter syndrome, it's just like really not, it's not real. Like it's a lot of just emotional lies that we're telling ourselves. And if you're really struggling with imposter syndrome, I have, I think, two or three episodes on imposter syndrome. They're called fraud. And then there's a fraud. There's a fraud part two. I want to say there's also a fraud part three. Listen to those if you're really struggling with imposter syndrome. And uh, yeah, I would I would say that's like the biggest challenge that I faced was just the imposter syndrome and just my own self-sabotaging tendencies because I felt like I didn't belong. And what makes me stay, I enjoy it. Like I love leading a team. I love high level strategy. I love big ideas. I love advocating for people who may not be able to fully advocate for themselves. That's always been something that I've loved about being in the position of leadership is being like, I am creating that safe space for my team. And my biggest thing ever is like when people come to me on my team and they share something they're struggling with or they share something that they don't like about how we're doing things to me that makes me feel good because I know I've created a safe space where they know they can share something with me and I'm not going to attack them for it instead I'm going to be like okay how do we create a plan to advocate for change within this specific area or at the very least I can have an honest and transparent conversation with them about why that thing is the way it is and how I am trying to fix it, but where I'm also facing roadblocks. So it's a very open, transparent team, obviously with boundaries as needed. But that's the reason I say I genuinely enjoy it. I personally like the freedom that I have. I like, again, advocating for people. I like having that high level thinking and oversight with whatever we're doing. I have also been recently wondering if I want to kind of keep climbing that corporate ladder and set my sights on C-suite. So like CMO at a specific company one day or perhaps not. I definitely feel like I just really like doing a bunch of different things and dabbling in a bunch of different things. But my arsenal, my entire resume, my entire, you know, livelihood has been made when it comes to marketing, advertising, social media in that space. And I've kind of created a niche for myself within my career of being known for that. So I'm in a place where I'm, you know, thinking about, do I want to kind of continue down that trajectory or not? But yeah, so that's, that is what I would say. It's definitely something where you know, I would evaluate also why you want to be in a position of leadership. Like, what is it that you want to change? What is it that you want to do? And just go after it. If you have an opportunity, if you're given a chance to lead, like even if you're not in a position of leadership right now in your company, if you're on a team and, you know, people are like, we need someone to do X, Y, and Z, like raise your hand. Like, I know it sounds so cheesy, but like lead little projects. Like if you're in a group, like be the person that speaks up first, be the person that leads. I know it's hard sometimes. A lot of times I don't even be doing it. I only lie. 
lie to you. But like, that's the way you start to kind of practice those skills and you kind of start to see like, do I actually like this or not? Like, do I actually like, you know, speaking up and X, Y, and Z, or is this just like, I want to chill a little bit more because when you're in the position of leadership, like you still, you can do fun work, but there is a lot more responsibility and pressure on you. About a year ago, I wanted to elevate my health and wellness journey. I was so tired of taking all these different supplements every single day. So instead of adding more, I decided I wanted to simplify and try AG1. It's one of the best decisions I made in 2023. I now feel more energized and mentally clear daily. My skin has even more of a healthy and brighter glow and my digestion has improved. Like I said, I first gave AG1 a try because I wanted to simplify my supplements. I wanted a single solution to support my entire body, my gut, and my brain health. Since drinking AG1 daily, I've noticed that I feel a boost in energy, not just in the morning when I take it, but throughout my entire day. I used to rely on caffeinated pre-workouts, if you know, you know, but when I cut those out, I struggled with grogginess. Adding an AG1 in the morning covers my bases with 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, and ingredients like pre and probiotics, adaptogens, antioxidants, and whole food source nutrients. My favorite part of AG1? It's just one scoop, one scoop mixed in water once a day, every day. I love to add in a squeeze of half a lemon, a few drops of AG1's vitamin D3K2, and three ice cubes, approximately three ice cubes every single morning into my glass as well. This is a partnership made in heaven because AG1 is the supplement that I trust and have trusted since 2023 to provide the support that my body needs daily. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash manifest daily. That's drinkag1.com slash manifest daily. Check it out. The next question says, I dreamt about my ex and his birthday is around the corner. What does that mean? We don't talk or have any communication, whatever. That means you're on his mind or he's on your mind or both or both. I genuinely feel like when I dream about someone, it's because I'm also on their mind. I know you can break down the psychology of dreaming and you can just be like, nope, it's because you're thinking about that person subconsciously, or perhaps it's because their birthday is coming up. So subconsciously you're, you know, remembering what it was like to be with that person around their birthday, perhaps, or because their birthday is coming up, that's why they're on your mind. But I also feel like I've had enough instances where my dreams have been like a premonition or I feel like I get a lot of messages, a lot of intuitive messages, a lot of signs and signals and nudges through dreams or right after waking up from sleep that I trust that whenever I have a dream about a specific person, I am also on their mind just as much as they are on mine. So perhaps that's what it is. And if that's the case, whether you really are on his mind or whether he's just on your mind, what do you want to do with that? Do you do you want to reach out? Do you want to not? Like literally, it, it, whatever it means, it doesn't really matter as long as, or not as long as, but all that really matters is what you're willing to do with that information. If you truly knew that he was on your mind, would you feel inclined to reach out? Then maybe this is your sign to reach out. Maybe you want to rekindle things. I don't know, but maybe it's just cuffing season getting to you. Because girl, let's not even think about my exes too. But baby, listen, one thing about it, it get cold and you start thinking about him. Don't mean that you need to reach out. It does not mean that you need to rekindle anything. So do with that information what you will. Ask yourself, what do I want to do with this? What do I want to do? Do I want to reach out? Is this, do I want to just let a dream be a dream or try to put a little action behind it? It's totally up to you. But yeah, that, that's all I have to say about that. The next question is another career one. This person says, I'm waiting on a promotion at my job, but what if it's not right for me? I don't have much else going on for me and I'm a college dropout twice. So I think you got to try it out and see if you like it. Like at the end of the day, 
I know when we hear promotion and we hear more money, it sounds really enticing, especially given this economy, girl. I know, I know, I know. But I know I answered a similar question in the last Q&A that was talking about money and like mental health and doing certain things where you're getting paid more, but maybe you don't have as much time or as much, you know, work-life balance, et cetera. I always advocate for the work-life balance. And I know sometimes you got to sacrifice the money or you, sorry, you got to sacrifice the work-life balance for the money in certain seasons and chapters of your life and then be able to kind of grind, maybe save up, work your way up to something where you have more of that work-life balance and more time to actually enjoy the fruits of your labor. But when it comes to a promotion and when it comes to like whatever that new job is, whether it's more responsibility, a completely different job in general, you won't know if it's right for you or not right for you until you take that job. And sometimes it is right for you in whatever season of life you're in right now, but maybe in two years, it won't be what's right for you. But you literally have to, not you have to but if you're feeling like you're unsure maybe ask someone who's in that particular role kind of like question people a little bit more do a little bit more research around what it's like to have a day-to-day role like that but if you're still on the fence take the role and try it out I feel like we're never stuck at a job we're never married to a job we're never married to any situation I know like I said with life depending on where you are, what your financial situation looks like, what your life situation looks like. Sometimes it can feel like that. Trust me, I know. And it can feel like things will never get better. It can feel like you're just stuck. You have to be there, but you aren't. That is an illusion, right? You might have to be in that chapter for a little bit of time just to, you know, get your circumstances to change. But if it has to do with a promotion, try it out. And I know you mentioned that you're a college dropout twice. I don't want you to feel like because you've dropped out of college twice that you have to now go take a promotion or a job that you don't like just so that you can prove to people that you're not like not doing things or not taking action or not being successful or not whatever because there might be a little correlation there too like it might be something where you feel like you have to do it so you can prove something to other people listen let me tell you something about this college I loved college I love learning I love school but not everybody does and not everybody that is successful in life by their own measure, whatever that means to you, went to college. Some people create amazing, successful, profitable, thriving businesses, and they've never stepped a day into college. Like they've never gone to college. They've never taken a class. Some people go to college, they do all the degrees and they're just so confused about what they want to do. They just, they're not doing anything. So college isn't like the necessary thing to be successful, but maybe this promotion is, maybe this job is, but you literally won't know unless you actually give it a shot and try it. And again, if it doesn't work out for you, do not be afraid to leave, okay? Don't be afraid of what other people say. I think it is so courageous to quit things that we don't like because a lot of people stay in jobs, relationships, situations that they don't like because they're so afraid of quitting and they're so afraid of other people judging them. Fuck what other people think, live your life for you. If you wanna get do the promotion, do the job, do it. If you do it, you hate it, leave. If you do, you love it, great. Tiffany says, I've heard you mention you have ADHD, so do I, and I feel so stuck in the rut of being overwhelmed and then nothing gets done. What motivates you when you're feeling stuck? So I actually don't have ADHD. I remember at one point I was considering doing the test because I was having trouble concentrating, but I think at that point I was really just struggling with phone addiction. (laughs) So there is that. But that being said, I do sometimes struggle to concentrate. And I think everyone does. When you have ADHD, I know it's very different. So I feel like some of the things I'm going to say might not resonate because if you've been diagnosed with ADHD, you might need additional intervention. It's probably not as easy as me being like, I'm going to buckle down and do this thing. You might need perhaps medication, maybe therapy, additional interventions to help you. I know uh, there was this one company, I forget the name of it. Oh, Thesis. They had a lot of nootropics that actually help with people who struggle with concentration or focus or even social anxiety and they're all natural pills natural interventions to help people who don't want prescribed big pharma medication but do want to kind of work on whatever issues or struggles they're having with concentration and motivation etc so that could be something that you look into if you are completely opposed to seeking other interventions or maybe you're just looking for different ways to really help with that focus 
I will say additionally, motivation is fleeting. I don't rely on motivation because a lot of the times when you're just only relying on motivation, you are not going to get shit done. There are days where you're not motivated. There are days you wake up, you don't want to do the thing. You don't want to go to work. You don't. And, and listen, that's literally being human. That is having a human experience. But you, if you only rely on motivation, but if you only rely on motivation, you're only going to get stuff done half the time. So the other piece of it is relying on commitment, relying on discipline, relying on your calendar, relying on your schedule. You have to, I know this going to sound crazy to some of y'all, but you really sometimes have to force yourself to do the thing. You have to force yourself to get up and go to the gym. You have to force yourself to be like, nope, I'm not having this meal I'm gonna have this one because it's healthier for me it's richer this morning I came back and you know what I want a Starbucks so bad girl I want a Starbucks so bad but one thing about me I haven't eaten so much sugar lately I was like no Deandra we're not gonna do that so I forced myself to boil some eggs does it look like I wanted to have eggs this morning I definitely didn't I didn't did I does it look like I want to have that protein shake this morning mm, I didn't I didn't but I did but I had it <laughs> because I was like I need this I need the protein so that is one thing is like really understanding the difference between discipline and commitment and motivation and understanding that motivation is temporary. It's not going to be the end all be all when it comes to getting you to do certain things. The other piece of it is planning. I find that for me, organizing and planning helps me a ton. Having structure is what helps me. When I have a very unstructured willy nilly day, I find that I don't really get anything done. I'm very much liable to rot in bed and just sit and watch TV because I don't know what to do with myself versus when I have some type of structure and organization that really helps me again that is not everybody some people are very much they go with the flow and the flow flows for them for me I go with the flow of my calendar and it works for me and I allow myself flexibility within the planning if I say okay between this and this time is when I'm working on I don't know emails or something like that but when I wake up I'm feeling so you know excited with ideas about Instagram I might switch over my calendar move things around in order to work on the thing that I'm so fired up about in that moment and do the thing the other thing that I plan to do later so I use my planner if you guys don't know I created a daily planner it's called the manifesting gold digger planner it'll be linked in the show notes or you can find it on shopmanifestdaily.com. I use that planner to plan out time block my day to plan out my priorities so even if I have a day where everything goes through shit I know that I have my top three priorities that I'm going to get done no matter what and that is what signals that I've had a successful and rewarding and fulfilling day when it comes to my priorities I time block I set goals I set monthly goals I set weekly goals I set daily goals just all of this stuff comes down to organization and of course I'm human so I fall off the wagon of course I need time to rest I need time to pivot to recalibrate so really allow yourself the grace of knowing that you're not always going to be motivated that's just simply not possible but what happens when you're not motivated what happens when you have a bunch of things in front of you that need to get done you can't just rely on motivation so you are going to have to create ways to discipline yourself and it is a muscle like every other it will take work it will take time but eventually the more that you start to practice discipline the easier that it will get so this last one isn't a question but more so a comment someone says they want more get ready with me content especially skincare and makeup i miss this so 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 much when i was in college i had a different youtube channel and i used to do get ready with me's a lot i remember the first palette that i bought at sephora i remember the first lipstick i bought at sephora i was just so into the youtube you know the beauty brand content the get ready with me the makeup tutorials like i was so into it and still years later it is something i'm so passionate about there are times where i I just like grab my makeup and I play around and I come up with different looks or I love experimenting with different skincare and things like that. So I definitely have thought about ways to incorporate that more. I've even had ideas of like, should I just like start a whole new beauty channel again and just do like makeup, you know, of the day looks and things like that. And then the reason I haven't done it is because I am doing a lot. I feel like for me, at least I know 
there are people that do way more than me and have energy still. I, I, it can't be me. Okay. I'd be tired. I'm a tired girly. <laughs> okay. But I feel like I don't want to start something that I can't commit to. That is my struggle. Cause I feel like whenever I start something and I don't commit and I'm not consistent, I feel so disappointed in myself and I feel like I'm letting people down. I'm letting myself down. So that is something that I really want to work on because there's so many things that I would love to dabble in again, just for fun. Like I would love to just like upload a, a video or upload a picture of my makeup or something and like not it not be that deep like this isn't about me becoming like the next Jackie Ina this isn't about me becoming the next makeup Shayla this is just about vibes okay this is about vibes so that being said I will definitely do more of that. It's so funny, last night when I was getting ready for this date, I wanted to film me getting ready just to create a quick reel on it. And then I didn't. I like talked myself out of it. I don't know why. But anyways, I hear the feedback. I hear the request. And I feel aligned with it because it's something that I also want to do myself. So look out for that. I don't know if it's going to be on like Manifest Daily. I don't know if it should be on DeAndre Nicolette. I really don't know. Now that I have two Instagrams again, it's just weird. I feel like I never post on Manifest Daily anymore because I don't know. I don't know. I'm going through an existential crisis, guys, as you know. So bear with me as I navigate the next, this current existential crisis, the Saturn return that I'm in for like the next three years. You know, it's going to be a little rocky, but we're going to get through it together. But thank you so much, my loves, for tuning into this particular episode. I am about to go get ready. I cannot believe it's already two o'clock. Okay. I have more nine to five work to finish and I'm going to go get ready. And then I think I'm going to go and maybe work at a coffee shop for a little bit before I meet my mom at the airport, just because I'm kind of hungry, but I don't want to have like a full on meal. And I also cleaned up everything, did the dishes, mopped the kitchen floor. So I'm like, the last thing I want to go do right now was cook in the kitchen that I just cleaned. So I think I might go to a coffee shop and grab like a little breakfast bagel or breakfast burrito and a decaf coffee, sit, get some work done, and then head to the airport. So Thank you so much, my loves, like I said, for tuning into this episode. I hope you really enjoyed it. I will chat with you in the very next one. Next week might be a little bit late, um, depending on my day and my setup, because again, I probably won't be able to record until Monday night, but it will be up. So have a beautiful Thanksgiving weekend. If you do celebrate in terms of gratitude and yummy food and being around your family, if you're not around your family this time and it feels like a really tough time for you, I see you because the holidays in the past have been very triggering for me. So I want you to know that you are definitely loved. I want you to just, you know, really embrace the time of solitude if that's how you're spending it and still cook yourself some yummy food. Okay. Still have yourself that mac and cheese. Okay. There's always a reason for mac and cheese. And if you're lactose intolerant, they have vegan cheese, <laughs> but I'll chat with you guys in the next episode. Bye my loves. What if I told you that in 2024, you were going to travel more? I bet you would be excited because who doesn't have travel more on their 2024 vision board? But my loves, it's time to craft a bit of an action plan and take your first steps. And this is where I come in. I'm hosting a trip to Bali, May 23rd to May 29th, 2024 for the Manifest Daily community. I'm so excited about this one. We have a jam-packed itinerary. We have a Balinese cooking class, a sacred monkey forest visit, a coffee brewing workshop, literally the works because that's just a of the itinerary and this trip is a celebration of new beginnings and also a couple of birthdays so if you're curious about bali and you want to meet me there alongside a couple other wonderful amazing beautiful souls head to my website for more information themanifestly.com slash events visit the link in the show notes and yeah let's let's hang out in bali when you visit arizona time is measured in moments not minutes like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.